Hey everybody, this is Raimundo Gonzalez. And this is Giovanni Rosario. Welcome to the Latinx Guard Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. Remember, everything we say is just for fun. Nothing's meant to be taken too seriously. If you are going to be a hater, stay a hater. But either way, support. Welcome everybody to the second episode of the Latinx Fightcast. The ah. first one was so incredibly popular, we decided to do a second one. Shout out to all the Maschingones of the week. There are none. Right? They're not, not none yet. They might <laughs> be now yet. when you're listening to it, but there's none as we recorded. But we're recording these back to back just because we found out we love doing them after the first episode. We won't so leave. If you became a Maschin Gone ever since the release of the first episode, thank you so much. Maybe I'll edit it in later, maybe not, but we shout you out anyway. Okay. So the match that we're going to go over today is a little bit different from the first one that we did in the first episode. It's a real match. It's a real match. <laughs> who, who could imagine such a thing? <laughs> but it's probably one of the more historic matches in Jiu Jitsu history. Yeah. We have. What is going to be the youngest ADCC champion ever, right? We're guaranteed that. Whoever it's wins is going to be the youngest one. Miko Galvao versus Cade Rotolo. Both of them have been children phenoms in the sport. And we recently did an episode saying like kids in jiu-jitsu are like the new wave, but are they? Who knows? These guys are evidence to support that. These two are, are, are some of the greatest examples of that working out where there's footage of them. Well, maybe not footage of Mika. I don't think they had no, cameras. I, th- I think Mika's, uh, one of his breakout matches was him as a blue belt tapping out no, a black green belt. belt. Yeah. Green belt, but, right. Yeah. But what yeah. I mean is yeah. there's footage of like the Rotolo brothers as they're like four years old and yeah. they're hitting snap downs in the living room and stuff yeah. like that, right? And now they're here at the highest levels. So it's Cade Rotolo versus Mika Galvao. And some context behind this, Cade Rotolo is like one of the first grapplers to actually get like a multi-figure sponsorship or multi-figure contract from one championship to only do jiu-jitsu. That's his thing. Um, I mean, $20 is multi-figure. No, he got like 50 grand or something. Oh, like well, that. that's what I meant. I meant like how many figures? Oh, okay. So like I'm six or five figures, <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Word. It was a lot though. Um, and Mika Galvao recently, I think before this, won the Gi World Championships. Yes. Now, here's the I think he might have won it after. Did he win it after? I think so. No, I think this was after This is after Gi Worlds. Yeah. Oh, never mind. So Mika Galvao is currently the youngest Gi World champion ever, right? He was. He was because afterwards, I think a year later, the test results were leaked. He tested positive for steroids. So he's on the juice right now. And this is why I love this match and why... When Grahalis brought it up that we have to cover this match, we had to because this is the Natty King, supposedly. I mean, he's my boy. He's the Natty King, right? Going he's up against the steroid monster. He doesn't even know what steroids are. The steroid freak. He's never touched a needle in his life, right? He so, doesn't even take blood tests. Cade and Ty, the twin brothers in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, just proclaim Natty. They say, why would you eat anything that isn't organic? They're, they're Natty warriors. They're actually, there are some people who they come out and they're like, uh, people tell me why I don't do steroids is because I think I could do this. I think I could do this naturally. I want to show people that you can win at the highest levels naturally, blah, 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 blah. So they're very like they're very vocally pro natty lifestyle, which and a lot of the teammates are not. I think a lot of their interviews um, throughout this ADCC, they talked a lot about that because there were a lot of athletes on the sauce. They were yeah. like, I think me and my brother, one of them said, I think me and my brother are probably the only ones that are not yeah. on the sauce. By the way, they also had teammates competing at this event. Hinger, Lucas Barbosa, yeah. Galval, who are all... Confirmed juicy as far as I'm concerned. Hanger versus time might be a good one. We might have to do that one later. One thing that I'll say about Mika Galvao when it comes to steroids, I remember that when he was like 15 or 16, he had like the steroids free jiu-jitsu in his Instagram bio. But then one day... That came out? Came out. He had an endocrine problem. That's what he said. (laughs) When when the devil come around, he he might convince you to sign on that dotted line. So we're actually going to start this match. Uh, We're watching it on flow grappling. Again, we had to give up the cheeks to flow grappling. So we're starting it, 
at two minutes in, because they like to do these big WWE entries, we might be scanning a little bit, so we'll give you a new timestamp as we keep going. But this match is relatively short. Um, spoiler alert, if you guys want to skip ahead 30 minutes in, this is probably the first time that Mika Gabao ever gets submitted in a match, yeah. right? So it's a very, very big deal, not only because Cade becomes the youngest world champion ever, but or youngest ADCC world champion ever, but it's the first time that Miko Gabao gets submitted in competition. So we're going to start watching the match. One thing that I really like about like these new ADCC like um, formats is that the production value is off the charts. Yeah. They got oh, the right. Chinese drummers right now. It's insane. The, the woman who was announcing, like calling people's names, I think she works for... Pride, I think. I think, she, I think she's fake pride. Yeah, something like that. But but that's what she's supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, I know people were going crazy about it. Like every everybody really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're doing this in like I think a Las Vegas arena. Yeah. Yes. They did the last few in Las Vegas. And the from what I see, bro, the stands are packed. They're packed. Well, like crazy. Next ADCC is at the T-Mobile Arena, yeah. which is gonna be crazy. If you compare this to like the 2011 ones, where it's like Marcelo Garcia choking out Crone Gracie, there's like. There's like 15 people in the stands. And it's the other yeah. competitors. It's the fucking bullpen is up yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, so Mika Gabal's already on the mat. Okay, oh, so yeah. we won't have to skip that much. I, I think, again, to go back to like the first episode that we did, this is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum as far as like jujitsu happening. There's so much jujitsu happening in this match. It's oh, like yeah. my go-to example of, yeah. I, I almost don't even understand what's happening because there's a few times where one of them's like trying to pummel pummel past the other one's guard and the other one's legs and they they look like two flying saucers just like stuck in rotation around each other. If you're also a fan of some more jiu-jitsu, at the same ADCC, Mika did have a good match against Dante Leon, um, but yeah. they're about to start right now. They're both very incredibly highly explosive athletes, just known for just popping submissions out of anywhere. So. These guys don't stall in bottom half guard no, they like don't. I do. This is going to be a very different match from the, the previous one. So it's starting with some traditional wrestling stand-up. They're vying for position, hand-fighting, collar ties. Um, yeah, so for ADCC, unlike our first episode, which was in IBJJF, um, there are penalties for pulling guard. Um, is it the first 10 minutes? I, I think so. I know there's a no-points period, and then there's a points period. Right. So I always get confused when it comes to it, when you're actually allowed to pull without penalty. Yeah, I think it's the first 10 minutes, or, or it could be the first 10 or first 15 Um because I know it's different at the trials because the trials, the matches are six minutes long. They're not right. 20 minutes long. Like, this is a 20-minute long match. Uh, something else to point out is this match was at 77 kilos, which if you're, you know, if you believe in freedom units, they're, like, roughly 170 pounds right now. So they're exchanging. They're playing yeah. mercy game. I think one there, of the There's collar ties, but they're not slapping each other. These are what real collar ties look like. Yeah, so they're... One of the weird things about like ADCC is like the the boundary rules, right? So everybody loves ADCC because you see people getting submitted on the carpet, people being power bumped through the tables. Right. Yeah. Um, basically, the rule for ADCC is like you don't stop until the ref tells you to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you're out of bounds but you haven't secured your position yet, the ref will most likely or not most likely they will let the action keep going. They'll, until they'll let the action keep playing out, and that's just a great rule to have in general. You you shouldn't stop until the ref says something, but. There's times where you know the ref is going to say something. Like, if I'm an IBJJF event and I crash into the table, I know the ref's going to say something. Yeah. They won't say shit sometimes at these events. You see people getting, just like you said, they're like in, they're doing like the East Coast trials. They're at that ugly fucking carpet and they're getting like heel hooked. So we paused the match 18 minutes and 22 seconds in um, just because I want to talk about like just like how these guys wrestle and probably why it's so effective. Um, I've talked to Cade's brother, Ty. And shout, based, out to Ty. shout out to Ty Rotolo, my best friend, right? We're best friends. Uh, 
Um, basically, he says that when he was, I think he competed against Mika when he when they were like blue belts or something, or maybe when they were brown belts, whatever. Right? No, he competed against him in the finals of the at, at, world at championship. Worlds. Yeah, because that, that was the same thing where I was like, whoever won was going to be the youngest black belt IBJJF world champion. Yeah. yeah. So. He competed against Mika pretty recently, and he said that Mika's, like, cardio was something else, right? The guy just didn't yeah. stop. And the, the first, like, I guess real exchange of the match, you can really see that happening. Both people don't really have, like, now, they have much better wrestling than me, but I've talked to other wrestlers. They were like, they don't have great wrestling. Right. Like, they can maybe win a high school tournament, but they're not taking down any college wrestlers. They're not going to walk onto the Olympic mats and, like, start yeah. fucking pinning people or anything But like I that. think one very important thing to note is that they don't stop moving. Right, no. they don't stop moving until somebody like loses the exchange and they're able to pin them to the floor, um, and that was very impressive. I mean, also something else to note: uh, Mika Galvao's girlfriend, at least at the time, is uh, Olympic wrestler. Oh, I believe. so yeah. So, Word. so I'm sure like he also that helped his development when it came to the stand though for sure. But you know, something very impressive about Mika Galvao's girlfriend. Shout outs to all the shorties out there. But she won the under 18 worlds, the under 21 worlds, and the world championship, the wrestling world championships. Yeah. I think three years in a row. Yeah. Yeah, she's a very incredibly impressive wrestler. Um, yeah, and also to confirm, the first 10 minutes of ADCC are no points, and then the latter 10 are yeah. points. So even if they manage to get taken down or if they manage to pass the guard... They manage to get mounted. Does it count? Doesn't count. Yeah. It only grants you like the positional dominance that will allow for additional leverage of techniques. There's a good cross face. No underhook. Yeah, but Mika has an underhook, but... uh. There's something wrong with his hand. Like, his hand is extremely taped up. I didn't, like, notice that when I first saw it. Yeah. Um, but maybe Mika Gabal was dealing with, like, a hand injury. Or maybe, like, he bent his thumb back in a previous match. Or maybe. maybe his wrist is a little goofy. At, like, 2019, I think Gordon Ryan fucked his hand up in, like, a motorcycle accident or something like that. Right before, like, the day before the matches. Yeah. yeah. So Mika's doing a really good job, like, wrestling trying off from these butterfly him, hooks. Yeah, yeah he's trying. Butterfly. Shout out to Jobani. <laughs> he's probably trying to get to, like, a oh. saddle position. Yeah. Oh. He gets to a really shallow, shallow. It's shallow. saddle position. Yeah. Kate's looking for some sort of back take. He's trying to get that knee as a wedge. So I, I hate being in this type of position with Uh-oh. somebody who's really good at leg locks oh, because yeah. they'll just grab your feet and just start twisting. Yep. The Nelly lock. So it's just resolved. They basically scrambled back into like a it's guard like a, position. Yeah. Because you're stuck in that weird old... I'm sure there's a name for that position, but where yeah. you're just basically both staring at each other's fucking feet upside down. And this is a really good match to watch because there is inter like both people are trying to do jiu-jitsu. Right. And this is a match that I would show people. And when they just ask, like, what are they doing right now? It's like, well, just think about anything else in any other sport. You don't want to like blow your gas tank like five minutes in because sure. you're in for a long match. And 20 minutes of grappling is a long time. And they've also competed a lot. I think they've had what, like three matches before this? Is it is it three to one? I'm not or is it four sure, to win? but I know for a fact that one, they've both of the brothers have known Mika Galvao as a fellow competitor for a long time. Yeah, no, I mean I don't mean that. I mean like it, this weekend at this tournament because this is oh. the finals. Uh, I don't think so because this is a single elimination tournament. Oh, no, no I, I meant they've had matches in the last two days against other human beings, so they're tired. That's oh what I mean. yeah, no, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, Kate is trying to affect his breathing, but put his hand over his mouth. Oh, yeah, you could do that. The hand smother. Oh, yeah. yeah. The murder choke. The murder choke. Something that, like, makes Cade so incredibly hard to deal with is, like, not only his pace, but he has such long limbs, right? Yeah. And for 77, so he has that length, you know, that height advantage as so well the, the as the cardio. Sports. Yeah. So, Mika is mostly playing, like, a guard position right now. I, I think that's where he's, like, strongest in terms of, like, um, his jiu-jitsu meta, where, yeah. like, he pulls guard, he sucks people in, like, he's hoping that they get overconfident oh. and overextend themselves. Going in for the K guard. Uh, it, it's really 50. impressive, his base. 
uh, Cade's base in, in this type of situation. Well, yeah. This, this is base a right deeper now, entry, and oh, Mika came up for the sweep. With the Uchimara. Yeah. Uchimara. So this is like a great example on like why, especially when your opponent's getting is about to sweep you, you just shouldn't stop fighting. There's like moving. There's so, there's so many opportunities for you to reverse the momentum, for you to get your upper body weight or your hips back on top of them, that you can just maintain position if you just keep trying hard enough. Because if you don't, your opponent's going to end up on top of you either way. You, you can't stop till you win. We're about five minutes into this match, and there's, there's so already much been much, so much more action than our first episode. Yeah. Like a, a, a trillion times more. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mika Gavao is just hanging off of Tyro Tolo in the close guard now. We're 15 minutes into the match. And... um. I mean, this is a very difficult position to get out of because yeah, no gi, there's yeah. no grips. Yeah, there's Close no guard grips. Is very annoying. And then it, it allows him to do exactly what um, Mika Gavao just did, which is what I love to do, which is just go right into already, yeah. into a leg entanglement. He's Give used that K guard entry very very nice a couple of times. So this is a very precarious position for both of them, and it's kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen at the end of the match. Right, Mika Gavao is constantly going for. Um, Cade Rotolo's legs. I, I think that's his strategy for this match, like just trying to leg lock him. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's because he had a strategy against Cade specifically or because he had a lot of success doing it in the earlier parts of the tournament, but I don't know. Like, that seems to be Mika's main strategy is like, I'm going to footlock this guy. It, it, I mean, it could be that he just felt something in the wrestling exchanges, right? Because there's nothing to be said for sometimes when you link up with someone, especially if they're not your uh, someone who you train with every single day. We're like 10 seconds into the round or 10 seconds into the match. You're like, oh, this guy has some type of advantage. He's way stronger than me. Or the way he's moving his feet, I have an advantage in wrestling. He's like standing the wrong way or whatever it is. There's like a lot of information you could get that's kind of invisible. It's just like based off of feel and stuff like that. It's hard to articulate. So maybe that's why he's going for his legs. Maybe he feels like he's getting in deep on the legs. I definitely also feel like Cade has done a pretty good job at being patient, right? Like, you see sometimes when you, like, are trying to beat somebody who has great wait, cardio. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, pause that, pause that, pause that, pause that. So, <laughs> if you just rewind it, like, 10 seconds, th this is, honestly, like, it's disrespectful in the IBGF rule set, but Cade, like, is fully allowed to do this in ADCC. He just takes his hand and just puts it right on top of Miku Gavao's mouth. That's considered a foul at ABGF. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, well, he's doing a great job at, like, trying to make him tired, doing yeah. everything he can. So right now, like, Miku Gavao, we're 30, 13 minutes and 30 seconds into the match. He has a or deep calf lock. In the match, yeah. rather. He has a pretty deep calf slicer attempt. But this, this calf slicer is kind of weird. Like, I've caught people in this, and, like, it feels like my form's about to break before, like, their knee taps. Yeah. Well, that's where Cade is now. You can hurt your own knee in a calf slicer. Yeah. yeah. Um, now they're just. Hook. Yeah, they're exchanging like footlocks right now, which is like kind of like a weird thing to do. Um, it's like who, who cares about their leg less? Yeah. Yeah. Or honestly, like who's like deeper in the position? Yeah. Um, also, similar to when his brother Ty hurt Paulo Miao's leg. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. That was, that was wild. As a like 14 year old kid or something. Was, he looked like a kid too in that picture. Yeah. Well, he was saying, he said, up to that point, he never heard somebody shit snap. That no. bad. That bad, yeah. Oh, my God. Look oh at the strength Lord. of Mika. <laughs> He's so strong. Yeah, Mika's my hero now. I'm down with steroids now. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've heard from other competitors is that Mika's just so ungodly strong. Yeah. Like, they expect him to be pretty strong, and then they grapple with him, and they're like, man, this kid's on so, something. So, at the time of this recording, Mika had a match at WNO uh, a few days ago where he competed against... Cody Steele. Uh, Cody Steele. And he fucking suplexed him off of a guillotine. That was, was crazy. Like, How? That was crazy. I've watched that clip a million times. I'm like, I'm going to do this to Raymundo. <laughs> and when I do this to Raymundo, at least one of us is going to the hospital. I'm going to blow my back out or I'm going to paralyze him or both. Yeah. 
this is awesome. I, I, something that's interesting uh, that uh, Kate is doing is that he seems like really comfortable being in these leg entanglements yeah. in a way that I'm not. And it's actually something I was thinking about like doing that type of specialized training because I was watching a video where they were talking not about this specific matches, but just how like uh, top level matches are going in general. Uh, specifically Joseph Chen, where he'll spend a lot of time entering into leg entanglements with the other guys in the B team and then just chilling there. Because yeah. you need... It's one thing to just like rip out of every entanglement, but it's not really super realistic to do that with someone who's like constantly reaching for them. You have to be at least a little bit comfortable sitting in some, someone's single leg axe or K-guard. Oh my lord. So, if we can pause the video real quick. So we paused it at 11 minutes and 27 seconds into left, the match. Left, left in into the, the match. I keep saying that. I'll, I'll get better at this, I'll, guys. I'll keep correcting you. Don't worry. So... Um, I think what makes the Rotolo brothers um, really good at defending leg entanglements or defending leg locks is one, they have a genetic copy where they can just like problem solve any uh, co genetic copy of themselves and just problem like, solve let's any go into the garage position yeah. that they want. Um, but they also have an instructional like they they, don't, they released one of the earliest like leg lock defense instructionals, which is just like dealing with leg locks or something. Yeah. So I, I think they had like a pretty early like foundational understanding of like how to defend these positions and how to like work your way out or. And and I think one of the things that uh, I forgot who said I think it was Guhala as well. Like he looks really comfortable in these positions. I think it's just because they know when they're in trouble and they know when they're not. But yeah. it's also like a great match to do back to back because we just uh, we saw our first episode is exactly how you don't want to deal with the leg locks and how it's not uh, it's not going to gain you any any advantage in your matches and it's boring to watch. Where here, as you said, because of his comfort, he's not shying away from it. He's like, Yo, we got to push this action and he's being aggressive from the top. This is like the ultimate expression in jiu-jitsu as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. It's like it it uh, engulfs modern jujitsu elements of like the leg lock battles, but also like elements of like stand up wrestling. Oh yeah, scrambles. Like hitting the uchimata off of the yeah. come up. I mean, it's something else that we talk about. Like even for like a hobbyist, you don't necessarily have to be great at the stand up position. Yeah. But you have to be able to like defend. Yeah. You have to be able to defend the takedowns, and you have to be able to complete like partial takedowns. If someone stands up on you, like you do a hip heist, you have to be able to like mat return them off of like a little shitty, like relatively easy single leg. But you have to know what that looks like right you can't just like stare at them as they stand up on you yeah. yeah and also something that i just thought of like what we talked about like kate and ty being like really lanky people like doing leg locks on people who have weird like body proportions is is weird it's very yeah. risky yeah like their shins are like just too long or if you do it on really short people their legs are just too short you try to pull the heel into your bicep and it's just it's not there yeah right there, there's a couple of gigantors like there's a couple of guys in the gym who are like six two plus so as far as i'm concerned they're eight feet tall and when I put them in an ankle lock, even before they knew how to def technically defend an ankle lock, I'm like, I can't ankle lock this guy. And I'm not like an ankle lock god or anything like that. I'm like, oh, that's my shit. I fucking break everyone's legs. I'm Tex Johnson. Fuck Tex Johnson. I'm Tex Johnson. But I, I, I was tapping a lot of people, and I just, I wasn't even close to being able to like break down their, their, their knee was like eight feet away from me. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So we're starting again. Eleven minutes and twenty-seven seconds left, left. in the match. So it doesn't seem that Mika Gavala is altering his strategy of like just Going shooting for leg entanglements and trying to get like a heel hook or some form of a submission going. And, and I mean, to his defense, like there's nothing, there's nowhere in the match has there He's been like evidence. down on like a weirdo ankle lock. <laughs> there hasn't been anything to lead him to change his strategy. It's just been that Cade's really comfortable, as Grahala said, and really you know aware and knowledgeable how to get out of these tight situations like i'm i feel like there's been at least two or three times where mika would have tapped so many other people right like yeah there was a, a, a number of occasions where he looked pretty deep and Cade was just like yeah. looked like he was chilling but i wouldn't have been chilling i would have got fucking hurt word 
I mean, the, the OR in Las Vegas. Um, it also shows the importance of having to work. Like, so many times when we drill or when you're training, you focus so much on the good positions that you forget. Like, yo, we gotta, you got to get comfortable in these bad positions, too. Yeah. It looks like the action is slowing down. We're about to reach the halfway mark in the match. So, so it's going to be the points period. Points. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be the points period. Uh, spoiler alert. That's not going to really matter in this. <laughs> this shit happened a year ago. If you cared, you would have you fucking watched it already. If you don't want to, then this is your second spoiler warning. If you so the first they're one. battling out in the half guard right now. Both people are vying for position. I think Mika's still trying to find a way underneath um, Cade's legs, and Cade is trying to pass the guard. Yeah. Shout out to Mika for having a really tough guard to pass, right? Because, yeah. like... One other thing that the, the Rotello brothers are, like, really known for are, like, these diving darces. Yeah. Right? And they especially, like... They go crazy to, on the darces. Shout out to Ty, my best friend. He said that, like, uh, a lot of times he'll, like, do, like, the cyborg, like, back away from the guard. And when the guy sits up, he'll just dive for a darce on that momentum when they I've come seen up him to do the guard. That up. Oh, Kay's trying to wrist lock... Uh, oh, he's trying to wrist like the broken wrist. That's I mean, crazy. That's disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> His wrist is broken already. That's true hate. I mean, oh I, I, I've definitely thought about that. Like, so if fast. I'm competing against somebody who, like, has, like, a taped-up ankle or, like, a taped-up wrist, like... Because that wasn't a real wrist lock. He just saw his wrist and just tried just, to bend it back. He's just, I'm going to bend it. Like, I, I wouldn't have tapped to that. No, of course, I wouldn't have tapped to that either. But, like, I think Mika's still staying composed. I don't, even, yeah. I don't think he thought about it that much. No, he was just like, no, that's fake. That's crazy. I like the Mika's his usage of I guess the key masters with the, this what some people will call this like that's really made it hard for K to do his. I think he has his cut. left arm threaded through the half guard yeah. foot, so I think he's looking for like a false reap entry. Yeah, also shout out to them for still going after ten minutes. I don't know if if either of you guys have done like a ten minute like competition match. Yeah, I did one, and I was fucking dying at the end of it. Like like from eight minutes and thirty seconds yeah. in, I was like this, this, this. We need to go to overtime. Shout Yo, like, out, I they, lost that match <laughs> in overtime. They're breathing hard, and these are two yeah. great athletes. Most people don't have the pacing or cardio to do something like this. So, And it's not like a normal, like, oh, me and it's the no, boys are going to go. Level of intensity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's like, like thousands of people watching them do this right now. Yeah. As Ray said, I think he was, he was trying to find some false read, but then he settled for the bear trap. Yeah, so Miko Gavao is like currently underneath uh, Kid Ritoto's legs. So this is a pretty good leg entanglement for him. But oh, and here's what... Here it is. Ah! And he tapped him. Yeah. The counter leg lock. So, we're going to pause the video. I knew how it ended, and I was still surprised when it ended. Yeah, we're going to pause the video at 8 minutes and 8 seconds left, and we're just going to rewind. Let's see if Giovanni can find Your it. Your best friend, Ty Rotolo, did something kind of similar, where he was like in really deep ankle down uh, uh, ankle lock in uh, Key Worlds. Yeah. And then he hit like a, like a weirdo knee bar off yeah. of that sort of situation. So here with 8 minutes and 14 seconds left in the match, Mika seems to um, be going for a leg entanglement, and he threads his, what I guess in this case would be his outside legs, so his left legs, he weaves it through, which f puts his heel right in the area for K to wrap yeah. around it. So one of the funny things about this is that if you watch it, it's kind of like a bad shot on flow grappling, but they have a much better shot on like this like... ADCC recap video where they're asking like the uh, Rotolo brothers how they feel and in the highlight you see um, that Ty Rotolo was literally in front of Cade's face like on the right side of the mat like right in front of the action and he literally yells at his brother get the heel and that's where Cade like just snatches it up and just starts hipping what? into it like really hard like a like, belly down hip in that looks brutal. Like, this was, like, really weird to watch because, of course, hindsight's 2020, and I'm like, yeah, I would have done the same thing. What? Right. But 
Mika Galvao, I don't know if he just lost composure for a second. I don't know if he was being frustrated, but maybe it's the nature of him being on bottom that's like, oh, I'm the guy playing guard. I'm the guy attacking. He's like, I, I think in his brain, he's like, I am controlling both of his legs right yeah. now. I'm going to kill him. But something that's really weird is that the way that he has his leg is, legs entangled, if Cade uh, was on bottom, is that he's basically saddled himself. Yeah. So Cade Rotolo basically has like the saddle or the Sankaku position, honey hole, whatever you want to talk about it yeah. and his heel is exposed and the i think the reason why mika is like so unaware of this is because i'm on bottom i'm the one attacking the leg he's like i'm the leg locker now he's running from me yeah and a lot of like gianni gripo even did it once where like he did a heel hook from the top right yeah and this is basically what it was it was a heel hook from the top position which not a lot of people are aware of yeah right so jamani's gonna play it again eight minutes and 14 seconds left yep kato Tolo just snatches the heel up and he starts belling down hard into it. I also feel like uh, we're going to rewind it back just one last time. In the situ, in the match, I don't think his knee's fully in. So I think Mika might have thought, oh, even if he gets a bite, my knee isn't all my the way clear. through. So we're going to play yeah. one more time. Yeah. And yeah, in there, right. right? Like his knee isn't fully in. So when he starts cranking, he prob in his head, he's probably like, oh, he's like, shit. my knee's clear. I was fine. I'm going to be yeah. able to turn out of it. And, and and that's something that we talk about a lot when we're we're going through like the rules of jujitsu. Like jujitsu is like like a rule system. Like it's a video game where things have to happen in a certain way. And when we're talking about arm bars or we're talking about like heel hooks or anything, we're like, well, if your if your elbow is free or your or your knee is free of the hip line, then you're safe. But I always add when I'm teaching yeah. that, unless you fuck up and you train with the wrong person, if you're training with someone who's like strong enough or they're like technical enough where they could finish with like a weird grip, they could still hurt you yeah. from if they're able to generate enough leverage. And in this case, he was belly down. So he's definitely going to be able to generate enough leverage. I mean, we didn't, we don't have to be like, you don't have to be wrist locked just to see, even when uh, Cade went for that kind of fake wrist lock on him, you can see that the way that his wrist bend, like that's going to be sore tomorrow. Oh, a yeah. bit more sore than, than, yeah. Yeah, I than today. I, like, I'm like, I wouldn't tap to that. I probably would have tapped to that in training. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would like, like like that, it, it made him react. He didn't look phased, right? But he had to address it. If not, he might not have had a wrist. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why he, Mika tapped so quickly is just because Cade went into that with a lot of force. Oh, that was and belly down. Yeah. In any other instance, we would be like, Cade's an asshole. Like, why did he put that much force into it? I'm like, he's in the finals you have to. of the world championships. And like, this is like, I, I tell this to my white belt class every single time where it's like, hey, if you're in an arm bar, you know, go pretty slow, give your opponent a chance to tap. Yeah. And then as a joke, I say, unless you're in the finals of the world championship. And they literally are. So, they literally are. Yeah. You have to kill him. So when you're in the Boot finals nice. of the world championship, like he kill. snatched that heel and he just literally tried to rip the leg off. Yeah. Which Especially, is fine. It's like one of the few excusable places where like you can do that. Yeah. yeah. And also it was not a position where you could like there's some like uh, a lot of times we talk about submissions as if you can only do them from static positions that people can't escape from. And we make fun of like Aikido in one of our recent videos. We're like, oh, they're trying to do all these dynamic wrist locks. That shit doesn't work. But they do. Like some of them do, like not the Aikido ones, but like there are submissions that you could hit kind of like out in the void where you don't have a ton of control. It, it's not just with leg locks, it's wrist locks, it's Kimuros, it's all sorts of things, but like even like grabbing onto a toehold. Like I can think of a lot of videos where someone's like standing in De La Hiva and like foot's just dangling there and they just grab a toehold and they just rip it as hard as they possibly can. There's no control. They're just going to hurt the guy. And after the guy gets hurt, he's like, oh shit, I guess now I have to tap because my fucking foot is in half or whatever. I so, mean, yeah. I mean, what, uh, an example of that is when Low tapped Gabriel Hocha. Yeah. Uh, or Joao yeah. Hocha. He literally right? broke his foot in half. Yeah. So we're going to play the video again. Match is already over. Cade's going to do his walk around. Flex. Yeah. Let's go he's crazy. Gonna, he's going to do like a backflip or something. I can't do a backflip. Right. I can't do a so, front flip. Everybody's like really excited because we've just crowned like we just crowned the youngest ADCC world champion in history. I think he beat like Hoffa Mendes by like a year or he beat Hoffa Mendes by like a couple of days, whatever it is, right? He's now the youngest world champion in uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu history. 
Um, and he shares that title along, uh, now along with his brother in the Gi. And for me, I love this outcome. This is the best ending, the, the triple S ending, because Mika's a fucking scumbag steroid user. I love Mika. <laughs> I'm going to go get the Mika Galvao fucking rash guard now. And Tyrotolo and K. Rotolo are the Natty Kings, right? The Natty Warriors. Yeah. Right? Um, they, they did it all for the Natty Bros out there. This this is something that I love watching. I'm gonna save this as like my ringtone, bro. This is gonna be my screensaver. You know, I think most people will be like, "Oh, they're both good guys." This isn't that. Nah, I'm I'm a ride with Cade. I'm I'm a little bit more with Ray on this one. I'm a hate more on Mika. Yeah, look, sure. it's the Grand Sensei, Kenny Florian. Hey. There you go, backflip. He's Yo, about to play gun game right now. Watch out, bro. I would never do a backflip unless I could do a hundred of them in a row. Like after I mean, he probably setting. can. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Kenny Florian. I didn't know he was I doing just, commentary I just said on that. this. Yeah. I just said that's a grand sense. Oh, shout out to Louis, Louis V. Belt. Word. He had to flex on them hoes. <laughs> he wasn't sh- coming out there with the Amazon Essentials. Yeah. I don't know what he says here. Let's, let me, let's, let's pull up the volume. Every single person you went against. Did he? That's very impressive. Yeah. I think he armbarred he arm um, PJ Barch. Yeah. Unreal. So and who? He also armbarred up uh, the, 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 um, the Australian guy, Giles. Uh, Giovanni's future sensei. Yes. Well, um, how helpful was it, was it that Ty had some experience here against Mika? Oh, it was massive. He you know, gave me so many pointers leading into this. Um, he's fought Mika many times. This was our first match. Ah. Um, I, heard, I heard the Diaz brother say this. He goes, if you told me to say something specific, you would have told me, but he just went and told me to go beat that motherfucker's ass. <laughs> Word. <laughs> okay. He's like, what is, this, what is the guy going to tell you? It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, when he turns his hips one degree this way, do that. It's like, that. that's not actionable information. Yeah. This is a terrible interview. I mean, they're all. Ter- this motherfucker's just been grappling for 13 minutes. Yeah, he's in barf mode. <laughs> I mean, he did a six-minute match with the King of Paris, and I wanted to fucking bomb it on, on how, the side of the how match. How often do you not see like in a UFC after somebody just got knocked the fuck out? Do they interview? Well, what do you think about that? Uh, what do you think about your mortality? Uh, What's yeah. the meaning of life? Um, shout out to K. Rattola. Let's pause the video. I'm tired yeah, of watching. I thought he was gonna like. I don't know why you. I don't know you want to watch this interview. Like, shout out to him. He's great. I'm sure this interview is great, but. I yeah, want to talk shit. I thought he was gonna unravel the secrets of the universe. Word. Nah, he's just talking about yeah, jiu-jitsu is great. I love jiu-jitsu. My brother's awesome. My brother's cool. We do jujitsu. <laughs> We're gonna do more jujitsu later too. Uh, I like kill hooks. Shout out to Kiritolo, youngest ADCC champion in the world. Shout out to Ty, our Shout best friend. To the Rutolos. And fuck Mika Galvao. He deserves that loss. I hope he never wins anything again in his life. I mean, he has since this match. <laughs> that that was Raimundo Gonzalez. That was Raimundo. That? I'm Mika's biggest fan. We're gonna get Mika on the pod. Why? Why? Whoa! I don't know. I mean, we might we need to get Miko on, on the pod. We're gonna get Miko on the pod. We're gonna get Marillo on the pod. Everybody. Okay, on cut the this pod. out, please. We're gonna do a Mika Galval seminar. Yo, if we do, seminar. if we do that, <laughs> if we do that, then we gotta do an episode where we just invite all the strippers. Like we not, we gotta balance this shit out. So <laughs> Which strippers? <laughs> we go, we'll get some. We'll get some. We'll hire them. Okay, where? <laughs> This was in like a stark contrast from the episode we did before, like Jabani was saying, where there was jujitsu happening in this match. All right? throughout. I think anybody from white belt to black belt could learn something from this with the stuff that I talked about, which is just like keep fighting back, right? Yeah. Or it's like, I think, I think Cade had some really good anti-wrestle-ups because I think Mika, even though I was harking on the fact that he's just looking for leg locks, I think he was looking for them as an entry to try to wrestle up on Cade. He was trying yeah. to come up. He did come up once, and there was a couple times when he was like in, I think it was X-Guard or something like that, and it looked like he wanted to come up, but he like lost a grip or whatever. Yeah. So I think there's something definitely that everybody can learn from watching this match. It's a very high-paced match. If you want to watch it while your friends are over and you're having the dinner, 
And you're like, yo, look what I do on Tuesdays, and right? You, and you want people to think you're a fucking weirdo. Don't yeah. put this shit on. <laughs> Unless you're trying to alienate your friends, don't put this shit on. Unless they got ugly ears. Um, Kate Rotolo is still competing in um, one championship. So if you want to check him out, go to one championship and uh, check out. I, I believe he's the current lightweight grab, submission grappling champion of the world. Yes. You want to check out Mika Gaval? He's still competing for WNO 170. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have anything left to say about this match? Um, no, nah, I think I think, as you said, this is a great match. And you anybody from white to black belt can get something out of it. Um it was entertaining all throughout, and you know, shout outs to the Rule Tolos. Shout out to Kenny Flora, Gun Game, Gun, gun game, game Champion. We're Max. gonna do Latin Esker podcast, Gun Game. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. No, we're not gonna do that shit. No, we should do it though. We, <laughs> def- we do definitely it. gonna do it. I don't think we're gonna do it, but I, I wanna do it. We might do a shirtless pause. Yeah, we're. <laughs> shout out to everybody who sponsors the show. Shout out to our Machine Guns at the front of the show, and on the back end of the show, shout out to our Patreons on patreon.com forward slash Latin podcast, the Chingons of the week. Shout outs to Tim Watson. Francis, Nick Schaefer, Anonymous User Number One, Jim O'Brien, Kitouch Fong, Estevan Gonzalez, Jason Roig, CGF, I am KMC, Brian Levette, Alex Bez, Leo, Mike Constantiner, Alan Chang, Milan Patel, Oscar De La Cruz, Conga Man, Michael Baidu, BJJ, and Vanzetti. Shout out to our sponsor, CMB Cafe, best food in the world. Best. Period. I'm tired of saying it. It's going to be. An automatic response at this point. Showyroll.com, showyroll.com, showyroll.com. I know you that. get another one, showyroll.com. Thanks so much to everybody supporting the podcast. You can find us on social media at Latin Guard Podcast. On Instagram, you can find me at Mundo. You can find Giovanni at Giovanni underscore Rosario. And you can find Grahalas at Chairman underscore Fu. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please tell us how you like these Fightcast episodes. Please tell us if you like some of the more... I guess nonsensical jiu-jitsu matches. Tell us if you like our commentary on like the more like elaborate or high-level jiu-jitsu matches. Tell us how you feel about it at all. If we're like talking too much nonsense and you just want us to get copyright strikes, so you can just listen to the audio on on Spotify. Don't let us record fifteen of these and then say, "Actually, I fucking hate these." Yeah. <laughs> Why are you recording these? I hate it. And and send any suggestions on any matches you feel we should cover. I mean, because we feel like we're doing a great job. We get yeah. to watch these matches. This is we great. get to talk shit. We get to be like, no, I wouldn't have tapped to that wrist lock. I would have tapped to that stand up. I would have snapped it. So thanks so hit much. That guillotine. Latinx, Latinx Fightcast episode two. That's a wrap. Thank you, everybody. Bye.